Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 41. Hopefully you checked out last week's episode with John Eldridge. It was such an honor to talk to him, and I got a lot of great feedback from people about how much the episode opened their eyes to hearing God's voice. And it's always good to hear from you. So if you ever have feedback on an episode, I would love for you to reach out. I do want to give a big thank you to my new Patreon supporters, Ryan A. and Scott R. Thank you so much for coming alongside me and supporting what I'm doing. And if you are interested in supporting me through Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash discerningdad. It's such a great platform to not just give money and support things, but also to get things in return. I see it as kind of a mutual win-win for both of us. There's a lot of cool things I put on there that are exclusive to you. And so uh, check it out at least to just go to the link and see if it's something that you you feel led to do. But I want to let you know this episode is sponsored by 316 Tees. Go check them out. My buddy Brian over there is a veteran. It's a veteran owned and it's a great website for Christian tees. But it's not just about t-shirts. They do a great job collaborating with other ministries, with bands, and they also have a heart for the orphan and foster care ministries. I have the shirt Fear Not for I Am With You and I love the design of it. I wear that a lot and there's a lot of other designs on there that are cool that I want to get and add it to my t-shirt collection as well. So check it out, 316tees.com. If you get a shirt, let me know, tag me in a post, and I'll be sure to reshare. All right, and for today, I have Ed Rush on the program. You're going to learn a lot about him. He's a fun guy. It was great talking to him, and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. My guest today is Ed Rush. So Ed is a decorated Marine Corps F-A-18 pilot. He's flown close to 2,000 tactical aircraft hours with over 50 missions in combat, which he was awarded an Air Medal. He coaches businesses and leaders to success and is a professional speaker. Ed is also a five-time number one best-selling author. So Ed, first of all, thank you for your service and welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank you, Tim. Awesome to be here, man. I've been in the basement, you know, pounding coffee and doing push-ups since like four this morning, ready for the show today. So awesome. Me too. To, ready yes. to launch off this aircraft carrier and get this thing, <laughs> get this mission on. Wonderful. Well, I heard you on the Sean Bull's podcast and he was on mine as well. And I reached out to you and you were very gracious to come on and, and also invite me to some calls you've been doing. And it's been very helpful. So thank you for that. And what else would you want to tell our audience just about you and a little bit about your history? Yeah, I mean, thank you for the awesome introduction. That's all the good stuff. I mean, if it, if it, if you want to start with some of the bad stuff, so I'm a person that failed kindergarten. Uh, I'm not really proud about that. I do like telling that story from time to time, only because my daughter recently graduated from kindergarten, and I don't know if you if you if you remember that, but like they actually graduate in kindergarten. They have yeah caps and gowns and the music and everything. And I was sitting there watching my daughter graduate, and I thought, man, how dumb do you have to be to she graduated with honors? And I took two times through to go to kindergarten. So I always knew like really early on, Tim, that I needed to, uh, you know, make things really simple for me to be able to execute them. Uh, and so not only was I able uh, to graduate from kindergarten, I actually made it all the way through to college, ended up in the Marine Corps, ended up in F-18s. Uh, and at the height of my career, I was the number one instructor for one against one dogfighting in the entire Marine Corps. And that's that wow. kid that failed kindergarten. And it wasn't because of 
brilliance. That's never been my forte. It did have to do with implementing some success principles, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, today. But really, my vision and passion right now is I love helping entrepreneurs. Uh, I think some of the biggest problems in the world can be solved with entrepreneurial solutions. That, by the way, doesn't take God out of the equation. Sometimes people, uh, when they go, wait a second, I thought all the biggest problems in the world can be solved by God. Yeah, he can solve them, but he chooses to to solve them through people, and he chooses to solve them through people with ideas. And mm. uh, world governments certainly aren't going to solve problems. They're um, responsible creating for creating, creating at <laughs> yeah. least half of them. Yeah. Um, bureaucracy certainly won't cause problems. Uh, taking money from good people like us and putting it into the treasury isn't going to uh, solve any problems. What's going to solve problems is, is good people, men and women, with great ideas, moving with speed into the marketplace, creating solutions that make lasting change. And you know, you and I are sitting on two computers with microphones, sitting on Zoom, as the result of innovation, uh, great people coming up with great ideas. And I believe it's time for God's people to move fast, to get into a place where God has them to be, so that together we can change the world and make it the kind of place that it's been meant to be. I love that. And that's a lot of what I try to focus on as well is that God gives you a vision for something, but it's up to you to steward it and do it well, execute it well as unto the Lord. He's not going to hold your hand every step of the way. He's going to be there in a pinch. He's going to help you with the vision, but it's up to us to be the boots on the ground and, and do the day-to-day tough stuff that gets us to you know, focus on the vision that God has for us. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite verses, it's actually, if I move my head, it's actually right behind me. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching on the podcast, I'll just tell you, it says Deuteronomy 818. It was actually the, the license plate for my Corvette uh, before I sold it. <laughs> and um, uh, that verse says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And I always tell the story uh, when I talk about this verse, because like I, I, have, I have four kids. Okay, So I have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a two-year-old. Wow. Uh, and yes, I know what causes that. People always ask. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not Catholic. Um, but, uh, what I always tell people, so my two middle ones, my, my 13 and 12 year old are boys and they live in the same room and they're great kids and they like to fight and wrestle. And, you know, their room just, just gets to be a boy room. Like there's just stuff everywhere, baseball gloves and cleats and stuff. And so I always say, like, if my boys came to me, the two of them, they came, they say, Hey dad, uh, we really want to ask you something. And I'm like, I love you, son. I love you, son. What? What would you ask of me? You know, and they said, hey, dad, we want to go to Disneyland. Well, that request is within my power to give them. Right. So. Mm -hmm. So like now Disney, we're recording this during the, you know, uh, the whole state of California is locked down. I don't even want to get into that. But Disneyland's closed. But like normally in a normal world, Disneyland's open. I can take them there or not. That's within my power. But they're not getting there without me. But alternatively, if my kids came to me and said, hey, dad, we really want something. And I said, son. I love you. And son, I love you. What would be your request? And they, if they said to me, dad, we want a clean room. Uh, I'd say, well, guess what? You guys go clean your room. And I, and I <laughs> right. feel like, you know, in one sense, there was a, qu- a question that was in, within my power to give, but they couldn't get without me. But in another sense, there was something that was in, within their power to grasp and to accomplish. And in a lot of ways, c- wealth creation, entrepreneurship, growing your income or your impact or your lifestyle is within your power to get. I know a lot of people who pray diligently that God would release them from debt or that God would give them the money that's coming to them or that God would uh, would finally you know, bless them financially. And look, those prayers are important, 
don't get me wrong. The effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much, it says. Yeah. You know, and, and so praying is important, but praying all by itself isn't going to get the job done. When Moses was sitting at the side of the Red Sea and he's, he's getting ready to get completely overrun by the most powerful army in the world, Moses said, Moses said, God, like all the people are screaming at me. And you know what God said? You stop talking to me. Turn around and you walk through that middle of that Red Sea. God actually told him to stop praying for a moment mm. and to get moving. And sometimes, especially in business and entrepreneurship, God's given you the resources. And by the way, I've discovered that you don't need everything to start anyway. Sometimes you get things along the way. You learn things along the way. And then along the way, you learn you didn't need some things after all, right? So yeah. you don't need everything before you start. I have a simple rule in business that goes like this. It goes, ready, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire, aim. I don't aim before I fire. I just start shooting and eventually the bullets make their way onto, uh, onto the target. And so if you're a believer and you have an idea or a passion or a vision or you want to see the world change, you don't even know how, guess what? Get started. Yeah. Start communicating your message. Start sharing what you have with the world. Start saying the things that you want and watch as the resources come in behind you. Yeah, that's exactly what I did when I started Discerning Dad. I had a vision for it. I had no idea how to blog or start a podcast or write a book, but I did all those things and it was just because I made it happen. I, I researched, I found the info and yeah, I did some things wrong along the way, but like you're saying, imperfect action is better than no action at all. And that's a great uh, reminder. Yeah, and you find out, you, you soon find out like, uh, so I have a podcast like you do. I've got five books. Soon you find, you find out, first of all, a book is nothing more than a Word document with a cover. You find out that a podcast is nothing more than an audio file that's been uploaded to the right place. After a while, you realize oh, this isn't as hard as I thought it was. I had yeah. one of my students who came to my event. I said, look, I said, you got to position yourself as the expert. I said, there's like seven different ways to do that. I said, there's books, social media, your website, your branding, uh, podcast, interviews, media, and more. Uh, these guys on the way, it was an event in San Diego, here in San Diego. They lived in Fresno. These two guys got in their car and on the on the five hour drive back to Fresno, they recorded 10 podcast episodes on their phone while they wow. were sitting in their car. They had launched. That's how easy this can yeah. be. So if you're sitting there feeling like, ah, I don't know where to start. Well, guess what? Yeah, you do start. start. Just start. You know, yeah. just, just start. Uh, <laughs> and you'll make a million mistakes. Welcome to the real world. Yeah. You'll do a whole bunch of things that embarrass you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like the number of dumb things I've said. I mean, I have literally tens of thousands of hours of content and thousands of pages of articles and books. And the number of dumb things I've said is, is, is reaching towards infinity at this point. Well, you yeah. know what? Who cares? Move yeah. on. Say exactly. you're sorry to the people you're sorry to, <laughs> you know, uh, hey, yeah. if I'm on TikTok, I, I understand what it's like to be in over <laughs> your head. Yourself. Yeah. You know, Are so. you on TikTok? I haven't even, yeah. I haven't even, I don't dance account. on there, but I do, you know, try to spread the gospel on there. So. Oh, that's good, man. Yeah, I haven't even opened. I literally ha haven't even downloaded. I, I, I did start on Parlor though, a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, yeah. Along, There's with, the new along with half of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And Twitter. Yeah, everybody's getting kicked off Twitter. And YouTube, so. Yep. That's awesome. So going to do real quick icebreakers here. What would you say your favorite movie of all time is? Oh, gosh. I probably obligatorily as a fighter pilot need to say Top Gun. Uh, I'd have to throw in like Braveheart, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, Usual Suspects. The first and original Star Wars is not the the first three, not the last three. Um, that's that that's probably a good place to start. That's a good chunk. <laughs> what about if you could meet anyone alive or dead? Me ten years ago. So if I had a choice of meeting anyone in history at all ever, I would get in a time machine and I would go talk to myself ten years ago. I would have solved 
uh, I would have avoided about a million problems. Yeah. Uh, I would have made a lot of decisions a lot faster. I would have um, avoided some dumb mistakes. And I always tell people like, if you, if you're in business, you're not getting advice from a coach or a consultant or an advisor, you're out of your mind because part of getting advice from people who've been there, done that, still doing it, by the way, that's my criteria. I always look for people who've been there, done that, still doing it. Yeah. If you're not getting advice from people, the advice is a time machine. You want to talk to people who have knowledge, also wisdom, also experience and intuition. That's actually four things, okay? Knowledge, wisdom, experience. They're totally different things, by the way. If you're not talking to somebody with those four things, it's time to start asking questions because you you're going to look back 10 years from now and be like, gosh, man, if I had only, well, guess yeah. what? There's people who already are 10 years ahead of you. And that's why I would visit myself. I would be like, all right, dude, I know this is weird, but I'm going to sit down and talk to you. And if I could only get maybe a couple hours, two, three, four hours. And, and my 10 year ago self, like believed it was me, uh, man, I, 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 I'd be in really good shape. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that one. And that's one of the sources of discernment I talk about is the Holy Spirit, the Bible, and then godly relationships in our life, people that are speaking life into us that have that experience and knowledge to keep us from making those mistakes that we don't have to go through. Yeah, I mean, we live in a culture now that idolizes youth. I mean, to the point at which it, it, it's excessive. And uh, I will tell you, I have plenty of tw- kids who are in their 20s that work with me and for me, and often uh, uh, work at my events or in my organization or, or come to my events. If you're in your 20s, man, God bless you. You have energy. You don't mm-hmm. have wisdom yet. I'm just going to be honest with you right now and just say you don't have wisdom yet. I know it feels like you do. I know whatever school you went to told you that you probably did. You have energy. You probably have a lot more energy than those of us who are in our 40s, okay? Yeah. But, but, but you don't have, have wisdom yet. And so the coupling of those two things of bringing together people with energy and people bringing together people with wisdom. And I will tell you, if you're in your twenties and what I just said discourages you, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Just connect with people who, who are wise people and you will accelerate your understanding and wisdom. Okay. So, um, and so, you know, the old, old cultures used to actually uh, idolize or honor uh, age because oftentimes age came with wisdom. Not all the time. There's a whole bunch of people in their seventies and eighties in our (laughs) culture who have no idea what they're doing, okay, yeah. to the world. But there are some people with great deep wisdom, and some of the best advice comes from people who've been there, done that, still doing it. Yeah, very true. What do you like to do in your free time? What hobbies do you have? Man, I'm sort of like a hobby. I'm a ro- I'm a revolving door of hobbies. So I was a, f- a pretty avid fisherman here in San Diego for years. Actually, I had a show that I did. Uh, I was on Fox, and and uh, and, oh, wow. and then I just dropped that. I started playing golf like about three years ago. So I went from shooting in the mid 110s down into the low 80s. Uh, I haven't played golf for a year, but I just picked up martial arts about a month ago. I started doing jujitsu and boxing. Mm. Uh, I am, uh, if you've read my book, 21 Day Miracle, I'm all about conquering something new. I feel like uh, most men in particular, uh, uh, but most people should do something on a pretty consistent basis that makes them a little nervous or uncomfortable. Uh, so for example, uh, I'm doing jujitsu now, which is, it's one of the only martial arts where you actually are fighting on the first day. Really? And you wow. get, you get, I mean, you can legitimately get your butt kicked. Uh, the other day I got choked out 
so bad that I, I, I was sore on my throat for about a, a day and a half. Wow. And, um, but the idea of, of walking out there in an uncomfortable situation that you're not like too sure about, that's, that's important uh, for a person to do. Uh, this morning I was boxing, um, which is a le- little less, you don't, do, you don't start boxing people right away. But again, that whole idea of your body being a little uncomfortable. So I love to learn new things. I like to try new things. I like being uncomfortable. I don't let, like being uncomfortable. I like what happens after I'm uncomfortable and I've yeah, conquered yeah. that. But those, those things are really important to keep your brain fresh. You create new ideas uh, when you're in a, 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 an uncomfortable environment. And I love, I love being able to do that. That's very cool. I always wanted to do martial arts, but I never did. When Karate Kid came out when I was a kid, my parents bought me a book on karate and didn't take <laughs> me to class. And I'm like, what is this book? I'm not going to read a book about doing karate. That was no fun. And then, well, now with Cobra Kai out, maybe I'll, maybe it's my uh, never too late to go join something and, and start doing yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, karate. So when, when I was growing up, that was like the only, that was martial arts. Like if yeah. you were doing martial arts, it was karate. And then uh, Ultimate Fighter came out or the, the Ultimate Fighting, the actual Ultimate Fighting Championship in the mid nineties was like 92, 93. And this, this, uh, they brought all, all disciplines together, boxing, kickboxing, karate, jujitsu. And, and they basically just, you can do whatever you want yeah. and we'll just see who wins. And it turned out that all the Brazilian jujitsu people were winning every single time because it turned out in a, in a one against one match, that was the discipline. Cause, cause basically every fight, I don't know if you've ever been in a like actual fight, but like Every fight in the real world ends up on the ground. And if you're on the ground, you're basically doing grappling. Right. And the person that does that wins. Now, if you're if it's like you against four people and you end up on the ground, you're in bad shape no matter what <laughs> how bad of a you could be a black belt jujitsu and you could still get um um pretty messed up. But but yeah. the idea was like all of a sudden this 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 like new thing uh kind of came onto the scene, which became made it very popular. Now, the interesting thing about that. From like we're talking about business and life and everything from a business and life perspective that is the evolution of everything okay so we live in a culture right now that scoffs at the culture from 100 years ago or 200 years ago we think we are so smart but we've forgotten the fact that 100 years from now people are gonna be looking at us and being like what idiots yeah didn't they even know the plastic in those bottles cause cancer those dummies look <laughs> at this advertisement these idiots like that's the way they're going to look at us so a little humility yeah. would help and a little understanding that like the world is continuing to progress the market is continuing to change and you being on the front end of that is actually really important yeah exactly this podcast is part of the edify podcast network Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. I want to move on to the two questions I ask all my guests, the time you had godly discernment in your life and kind of what that looked like and how you knew it was God. And then a time in your life when maybe you didn't have discernment and what you learned from it. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to do the second one uh, first, uh, that time machine uh, thing that I told you about jumping in the thing 10 years ago. I actually remember where I was 10 years ago. Uh, I had an office. I, we, it was about 11 years ago. Actually, I, I, I lived in a different house, same town. We were renting. We own this house that we have now. It was down in the valley. And I had this office with this really, really deep carpet. And I was making decisions at that time. I was kind of starting my business back in 2006, 2008. I was just starting my business. I was making decisions uh, mostly because of fear. 
Okay. One of the biggest mistakes that business owners will make is there's, there's a, a, an acronym called FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. So I, I, so it's making decisions out of fear. If I, if I miss this, I'm going to miss everything. If I miss this, I'm going to miss everything. And I hear people say this all the time. They're like, I don't want to miss what God's bringing to me. I don't want to miss God's blessing. And let me tell you, what God's bringing to you and God's blessing might as well be like a nuclear bomb in your backyard. You're not going to miss it, okay? Right. But that fear of missing that. So yesterday, I was praying with a friend of mine, uh, uh, actually a younger guy that I'm, that I'm mentoring, and he's looking at potential job ideas. And he said to me, he said, I just want to do what God wants me to do, and I don't want to miss out on what he has for me. And as I started praying to him, the question that I felt like God prompted me to ask him was, what do you want? I said, you know, it's interesting. There comes a point in maturity where, where God already knows you, you want to do what he wants you to do. Yeah. But God wants to know, what do you want to do? Like there comes a point with my kids, right? So like if I take my daughter out, like this week, I'm going to take my daughter out on a date. We're, going to, we're recording this right before Christmas. And I'm going to take her on a date. We're going to go Christmas shopping. And I'm going to ask her, where do you want to go eat? And she might say, oh, oh, dad, I just honor you and love you. And I only want to do what you want. I said, that's cool, Faith, but like, where do you want to eat? Right. She's like, I only want the things that you want because I'm such a good daughter. I only desire your will for me in my life. And I <laughs> said, hey, stop it. my will is where do you want to eat? Like, we got a date. Let's go someplace you want to go, right? So, so sometimes I think God's like that. Like, we're like, we're like, I only want your will. And God's like, well, what do you want? What do you right. want, you know? And so I was making decisions back then out of like, I just was so nervous I was going to miss everything. And because of that, I ended up kind of in a frenetic pace that was trying to catch every opportunity. And because of that, I actually ended up missing some of the peace and some of the rest that God was mm -hmm. uh, delivering to me at the wow. time. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate the wisdom that God gave me in that. And also, I coupled that. I heard Tony Robbins once say, he said that the deal of a lifetime comes around every two to three weeks. I thought, man, it's hmm. a pretty good point, right? So what I took, what I realized, I took that quote and that experience and I put it into... A, a way of, 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 of looking at what's in front of us. And I coupled that with the spiritual principle of abundance, right? I mean, God, God has given us so much. I mean, water, I mean, we have, we have, a, <laughs> we have a world covered with water. Yeah. You know, it's covered with water. And here in California, we have people who are like, we're running out of water. I'm like, we're not running out of water. There's literally <laughs> an ocean. I can actually see the ocean, you know? Yeah. Um, people are like, we're running out of room. I'm like, have you ever been on an airplane and flown across the country? We're not yeah. like, there's, there's this like Montana. devilish. And I mean, <laughs> when I say devilish, there's this, there's this like hell mindset that's like we're running out of everything, but God is so abundant. And I realized in business, you know, God has abundant everything. You might have an idea and you feel like, man, if I don't write this idea down, it's going to go away. You know what? God will come with the next one another minute later if you understand abundance. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of running around pretty frenetic because I was trying not to miss everything. But because of that, I missed out on a lot of peace and rest. Mm -hmm. And then the time when I really felt connected with God, if I could fast forward like maybe five years from there, um, God started to show me the status of our country. So we're recording this here in the United States. And I started to see, uh, this was back in 2014, 2015. Even before Donald Trump even ran for president, I started to see the Republican Party, and then I saw the Democratic Party. But instead of two parties, I actually saw four parties. Uh, and instead of like, you know, 
one good party and one bad party. I saw two completely corrupt organizations that were that were run and influenced by people with evil designs and devices. Yeah. And it was interesting because when I saw that, I realized, you know, God's not like a party person. Mm-hmm. God doesn't have like a Republican party badge or a democratic party badge. He's not right. like, man, whatever they do is right. God's God and God runs this world. And, uh, and what I, I started to see those things started to come out. And it was in that moment that I decided to, uh, first of all, it was in that moment that I decided to leave. Uh, I, I was a member of the Republican Party at the time. I left and became a nonpartisan person, and I decided to start putting together a movement that would be creating what essentially will be um, America's next first party, not a third party, but America's next first party. Those two parties are crumbling at the seams right now. Um, but I started to see that actually five, six years ago, and it was that discernment, that clarity that I saw and the interesting thing about it, it was, it was actually kind of frustrating, honestly, was when you start to see that, like when I saw what I saw with the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, and I saw the splits and the schisms and the corruption that exists in both of those places, I started talking about that. But you know what? There were people, Bible-believing, good Christian people who were members of one of the parties that were like, hey, but if you, we do this, you're going to take votes away from my candidate. Well, you know what? Those people right now are some of the biggest proponents towards moving out of uh, that party. So it was like, I got to see it like five years ahead of time. But sometimes when you see things ahead of time, it's frustrating because, you know, people don't see it as quickly as you do. Uh, but we're seeing that in, in our nation right now. And, and I mean, I could talk for, for hours on that. My, my, my view is that God is in charge. God is sovereign. He's on his throne. And Psalm 2 is hysterical. You know, it says, why do the nations rage and the people's plot a vain thing? The kings of earth set themselves against the Lord and his anointed saying, let us cast their cords away from us. But God sits in heaven and he laughs. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's hysterical. I, that cracks me up. And so when I feel like all stressed, I'm like, oh, America's falling apart. Whenever I think about that, I just think God sits in heaven and laughs. Yeah. He's well, got it, it all down, under control. Yeah. Well, it comes down to, I think, identity. You know, people find their identity in a political party before they find their identity in God. And that's such a big thing that keeps them from being a child of God is because, well, I have to be this party first and then I'll find my way to God. No. And it's the same thing in church denomination. You know, they, they're a denomination before they are a child of God. And it's not wrong to have a denomination or have a political party, but when that is your identity, that becomes a problem instead of who we are in Christ. Man, it's so, you're so right about that. There is a, um, we're very uncomfortable with uncertainty. So, so it makes us feel good when somebody else says, this is how you should think about this. This is how you should think about taxation. This is how you should think about the size of the government. This is how you should think about this. This is how you should think about this. It, it feels good. But the problem is that tribalism completely stifles any kind of independent thinking. Yeah. And I will tell you my biggest, one of the biggest, uh, my biggest realizations when I started looking across the party structure was Everyone across the board, left, right, middle, everywhere, they all have good reasons for what they do. They're not, you know, they're not trying to tax you extra because they're jerks. They're trying to tax you extra because they feel like they're going to do something good with it. Now, we all know they don't, okay? Right. But that's at least what they feel like, and they all have good intentions. So the, so if you start start with that, you realize, you know what? People actually are trying to do good in the world. They may be sincere. They could be sincerely wrong, right? right? But yeah. if, it, if you start there, and it gave me quite a bit of empathy towards that world and an understanding of, you know, of the way to move in a right direction that actually pulls people together. And yeah, the movement that we're trying to put together here is, is not partisan, which means you can be wherever you want, man. You can be the most liberal person 
in America. But if you join with us against corruption and for unity, your ideas are welcome. We're happy to talk through them because you know what? You might have some golden nuggets inside there for helping the poor, you know, for helping people in, uh, get qu- adequate schooling. I mean, there's some great ideas yeah. that when you come together and talk about those things and look, we only have like 30 years of history in the late 1700s to show how people with opposite viewpoints could come together and create something new. And that's one of the biggest problems is when you have a, a side, you it stops the dialogue with the other side. And, and that's what we see in the political party. We see that in churches. Well, you're charismatic. I'm reformed. We can't talk. We can't agree on anything. It's like, no, we, we can agree on the primary tenets of the faith of, of Christianity. Like we, there's certain things that should not be up for debate, but there's many secondary issues that people place as primary. And all of a sudden you, you push back a brother or sister in Christ because, oh, you don't believe this. Well, then I, we can't have a relationship and that's just wrong. And that's something we all have to check our heart on. Yeah. And those questions are interesting. I actually started my Christian journey as a very, very conservative, orthodox, reformed person. And then all of a sudden God started speaking to me, which is kind of interesting. And then I started praying for people at my events and they started getting healed. And I didn't even know what to do with that, actually. Um, <laughs> and I was awesome. talking to I was talking to a pastor. <laughs> this is so funny. I was talking to this pastor at lunch and he was saying, because uh, I was saying, you know, there's like these people and then they come to my event and then I, I teach them how to ask God a question. And then I've had this guy get healed with his back and this woman's cancer. And I started telling these stories and he said, well, you know, I don't think healing is that kind of healing is from God. And he went to explain about, you know, the normal, like it's the devil counterfeiting or whatever. And I said, I said, well, I'm just praying for people. And then, you know, they're getting healed. And he went on to explain his side. And I said, so when somebody comes to you and they're sick and they say, could you pray for me? Do you pray for them? He goes, yeah, of course I pray for them. I said, do you want God to heal them? He goes, yeah, I want God to heal them. I said, but it's going to happen over time, I guess, right? He goes, yeah, it'll happen over time. I said, so basically, you and I are discussing, we're not talking about whether God can heal somebody because we both agree that some, we're just talking about how long it takes. Right. <laughs> that was it. And I realized <laughs> the only difference between the charismatic and the reformed people isn't the healing part. It's how long it's supposed to take. Wow. A reformed person thinks it should take several months or several years for yeah. someone to get over cancer. And a charismatic person is open to the possibility that it could happen in several minutes. That's yes. the only difference. They both yeah. pray for people to get healed. There's just the time. That's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's that's accurate. Very accurate. That's funny. Well, I, I do want to talk about how you help people in business. So you have a book, Take Your Shot, about strategies for helping people in business and also managing their time properly. So how do you go about you know, starting to help somebody and how does prayer and prophecy and all these things come into play in, in your strategy? Yeah. I mean, so I grew up in a world where like the spiritual stuff was over here and the business stuff was over here and the like fitness thing was here and like hobbies were over here and they were never all together. And what I realized is when you're a whole person, it's very difficult for me sometimes to see the line between business and leisure and family. It it all sort of is part of life, you know? Um, And so I started helping business owners back in 2006, 2000. Seven. I've been doing it since then. I've had over 460 one-on-one coaching and consulting clients. I've had hundreds of thousands of people who follow me online. I've had tens of thousands of event attendees, and I've seen every kind of business from big franchises all the way down to small mom and pop storefront stuff, internet marketers, authors, speakers, consultants, uh, and more. I've been blessed to write five books. You mentioned actually my first book, which is Take the Shot. You can get that on Amazon. My last book, uh, 21 Day Miracle was actually Amazon's number one uh, business book. It was the number 22 book over all books wow. on uh, Amazon. Just such a blast of what that book's been able to do in terms of just book sales and uh, performance. And fundamentally, 
what I do uh, with business owners is three things. Number one, I help people create more income, which is extremely important, no matter who you are. Number two, uh, to create a bigger impact in the world, which has to go together. And the third one is to create a better lifestyle. Most business owners don't want to wake up and check their email at two o'clock in the morning. And those three things actually need to come together. Um, when you ask a business owner or an entrepreneur what your goals are, you say, what are your goals? I can guarantee you with 100% certainty, they will always fall into one of those three categories, income, yeah. impact, lifestyle. Somebody says, I want to create a piece of software that changes the world. That's impact. Somebody says, I want to uh, launch a product that makes a million dollars in a year. That's income. Somebody says, I want to be able to work three days a week instead of five days a week or six days a week. That's lifestyle. You put all those yeah. things together in a whole entrepreneur, they'll give you answers to all three of those. So I help people in those three categories, primarily uh, through the actual means to get it done. Uh, and I love to say this phrase, so I'm going to say it, which is God uses means. God uses worldly ways to get heavenly objectives done. Okay. Mm. So if you want to be a speaker and you want to share your message, you can pray, God, make me a speaker, help me share a message. But at the same time, you better put up a website and get some videos up yeah. and make sure that someone can find you if they're looking for you as a speaker, right? Maybe get a LinkedIn profile going. If you want to create an online product, like I've made millions of dollars using online uh, products, you could pray about it. You should pray about it. But at the same time, you ought to create a title that's compelling and you should use benefits in your marketing so that you, you can explain what it does to change someone's life. And then you need to get it on a website and you need to write good copy and create great emails and have a good lead magnet to get people to come to your uh, website. If you want to be a consultant, you should pray about that. That's a great idea. But you should also have a place where people can go to learn about you and have an intake so that when people get on the phone with you or on Zoom, you can explain the kind of work that you do and ask really good questions. And the products that I create, uh, Tim, are designed to help people with means. So I have a product to help people write uh, books. I've had over 1,000 people. I think the number is 1,071 of my wow. students become best-selling authors. Um, I help consultants. So I teach people how to get paid for their time and their experience. I've had well over a thousand students in that. Last time we surveyed the audience, we had an 83% success rate of people getting paid to, to deliver deals within two months of taking the training and half of those people within two weeks. Wow. I help people with copywriting and marketing and persuasion. So the, so the actual mechanics, the actual how to actually get it done, I'm a very practical person. I help business owners be more productive. So it's in all the categories that I just talked about, but it's very practical uh, in the sense that it's not sort of like... Um, you know, people say like, you know, just, just, uh, uh, think big and, you know, you'll accomplish great things. Well, yeah, you know, think big, but at the same time, you have to take the actual action steps to make it happen. You know, I was yeah. a combat F-18 pilot and people would say, think big, think big. I said, I could think, think all day, but eventually you had to get an airplane and start <laughs> right. the engines, take off, fly into the combat zone, make sure that you have your weapons armed and, and, and support the troops. If you, if you put a weapon, you know, it, it We've got good guys on one side and bad guys on the other side. If you put a weapon in the wrong place, you can hurt people. No matter how big you're thinking, you could still do that. So you need excellence in tactics and targeting to be able to do that. Uh, and so what I do is help business owners with the fundamentals. And uh, I do that through a lot of ways. I write books. I've got a show that's on YouTube, which you were just watching, actually. Yeah. Right um, I've got uh, my live events that I do, uh, my digital events that I do, online products and coaching. So a lot of different ways of, to, to, to work with me. But fundamentally, I help you make more money, have a bigger impact and take more time off. That's great. And then, you know, I think we all have something we can change. We all, we all recognize it, but it, there's things in our mindset, in our, in our laziness that keep us from doing it. And part of your book is to change anything in three weeks. And some of that can be 
you know, as Christians, the sin in our life, we know, we all know there's one thing that, that creeps up and, and we can't seem to control, or it could be, like you said, business, it could be our relationships. There's lots of things that we could change. So what would you say to the people listening, just practical steps to start changing those things? Cause I don't even think identifying them is the problem. I think we yeah. can easily write it down and say, I want to change these three things. But once you've identified it, how do you get over that laziness and actually start taking those steps that you're talking about? Such a good question. I love it. And this is a very practical question. So I'm going to give you a practical answer. So let's take you. You mentioned sort of like a, a sin, sin areas, or like areas where you know you know you're supposed to be doing something different, but you're not. And I could name ten different ones. You could pick the one in your head that you yeah. you want a, a habit or something like that. Uh, it's been my experience, and trust me when I tell you, uh, I've messed up a lot. Okay, uh, it's been my experience that you will achieve zero. I mean, none, no success at all, conquering anything. If your goal is to conquer that thing, let's say there's some addiction that you want to get rid of. Well, if your goal is I'm going to get rid of this, okay, there's no emotion attached to I'm going to get rid of this. All there is, is I'm just trying to get rid of this. Okay. So here's what you need. You need something else. You need something that is so powerful, that is so magnetic to you why would I even think about this other thing if I could focus on this right now? That's why one of the very first things that I, that I do, especially when I'm working with men, is I get help them get clear on their mission. What is it that God has put you on planet Earth to do? What is this thing that you would die to make happen? What is the thing that you're so passionate about that you lay awake at night and you think, gosh, if I could only do, and then you wake up in the morning and you're still thinking about it, okay? Yeah. If you can get a hold of that, all those other issues, all those other issues will simply go away. Okay. And I'm, I'm just telling you, they will go away. And so this is one of the issues with uh, like, this is one of the reasons why I don't do uh, like men's groups the way that they do men's groups. Now, look, I love men's groups and I think churches are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I go to one and I love the fact that men get together. I think that's great. Okay. But like the traditional men's group has turned into like, Hey, how are you doing on all the things you're not supposed to do? Right. And nobody wants to spend like, why would you spend an hour talking about the thing you're not supposed to do? Why can't you show up at the men's group, right? And the and the leader's like, hey, what's your mission? What's God got you doing? What's the mm. thing that he has you, that you were born for? That's like, good. there's one thing. I'm telling you, as you're listening to this, this podcast, there's one thing that God created you to do. There's more than one. But there's one thing that, man, he put you on planet earth to do. And he's got no plan B. He's got no backup. He's got nobody sitting over here waiting. If you don't do it, if you don't do it, nobody will. Okay. And God's going to have to wait another generation until somebody comes and shows up and does that. Maybe it's you writing that book or getting that podcast out, or maybe it's you becoming, you know, like, like uh, the, the, the Senator from the state of Texas or whatever it is, God's got that for you. And if you don't do it, and man, when you get a hold of that thing, imagine a Bible study where the leader's like, all right, what's, what's God got for you? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go conquer I'm going to be, I'm going to become a Supreme court justice, man. I want, I want to help you with that. Let's talk about that. Let's make our Bible study today about how we can empower you to move towards that goal and not like all the things that you're not supposed to do. Cause frankly, that gets boring after a while. Yeah. And then your accountability partner, you're like, yeah, man, I did it again. It's just stinks. Focus yeah. on something amazing. And all that little stuff will just disappear really, really quickly. I can tell you in the Marine Corps, we had four services like that were at war. There's five really in the, Actually, there's six now, but like if you go with Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, okay, the Army hates the Navy, the Navy hates the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps hates everybody, okay, 
And when we're in peacetime, like here in San Diego tonight at the bars in San Diego, I guarantee you there are Marines and Navy dudes that are going to be beating each other up outside of the bar because for some reason, nobody gets along. But let me tell you when we did get along. When I went to Iraq and we had a common enemy, Mm. let me tell you, we were really close. Like those Air Force pilots I was flying next to, the dudes I used to make fun of, that Navy ship that those guys were back landing back on, all that, we were like tight. We were tight because we had a common enemy. Well, part of the reason why you're fighting with your kids and you're fighting with your spouse and you hate your boss is because y'all don't have a mission to go after, Mm. right? It's really easy to fight each other when you don't have some big, red, hot, passionate thing to do. Our country is the same way right now, by the way. We've got enemies all over the place. We can't figure out how to even get along with each other. But let me tell you, if China attacked, we'd figure it out really quickly who the enemy was, right? Because they are, as you know. Yeah. So anyway, those are just some thoughts on kind of one. No, that's really good. And I think just to close that out, it's, it's, it goes in a difference of just trying to survive from day to day. And, and men in general, I think, don't like the, I, the feeling of just going to work, coming back, taking the kids to practice. And then we don't have a passion of what we're living for. And that's why I love John Eldridge and his books, because they're about story. They're about thriving and surviving and, and finding a, a battle. And even if it's a small battle, you know, that you can overcome in your household, I think men need to grab onto that bigger picture that you're looking, that you're talking about and what God has for you in order to have meaning and purpose to your life. I mean, we have purpose and meaning in Jesus, but there has to be more on the day to day that keeps us motivated and keeps us grounded. So that's a great, a great uh, way to end the podcast. So thank you, Ed, for coming on. (laughs) And uh, if you want to let everyone know where they can connect with you and all the great things you're talking about. Yeah, Tim. Hey, thank you for that. So first of all, my website's edrush.com. Easiest website to remember. It's just six letters, E-D-R-U-S-H.com. That's home plate for me. Uh, When you get there, you'll see a little box right in the center that is a place to put your email. I do two shows a week. I send out a single email every week called the Weekly Flight Brief. It is a power-packed, jammed resource full of something amazing every week to help you make more money, have a bigger impact, and take more time off. I'll also do this uh, for your subscribers, Tim. I don't usually do this on podcasts. I think I've only done this one other time. Uh, and that was actually with Sean. Um, I'm going to give you my email address. This goes right to me. This doesn't go through an assistant. My team doesn't look at this. This is my email address, okay? So it's coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G at edrush.com. Here's my um, uh, little gift to you. I do events about every three months. Those events range anywhere from about $500 to about $2,000. But when you email me, uh, at coaching at edrush.com, I will credit you a scholarship into my next event. Okay. So you can come for free. You can also bring a guest for free. That's my gift to you. It's my way of saying that I believe in you, that I want to see you accomplish your mission, uh, but you got to email me to do it. So it's coaching at edrush.com. I'd love to connect with you. Let me know. You heard me on the discerning dad podcast with Tim. Uh, and I'll be sure to say hello too as well. I'm on that email address every maybe three to four days. So you're not going to get an email right, right away, but I will email you back personally. That will come from me. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much. God bless you and everything you're doing and we'll stay in touch. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. It means the world to me that you're here. And it would also mean a lot to me if you leave a five-star review, if you enjoyed this program and also subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Once again, check out the show notes for a lot of cool information on how to connect with me and my guests. And for next week, I have Vladimir Savchuk on. He is a pastor that just wrote a book called Fight Back. He talks a lot about deliverance and dominion and how to overcome Satan and demons and breaking curses. A lot of cool stuff like that. It's going to be a fun episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time. Keep fighting the good fight.